Hey everybody, thanks for joining us for this fourth episode of Batting Practice. You're listening to Bregan and Panda, and this is Batting Practice. Bregan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great tonight, Panda. I'm ready to break down the NCAA tournament this evening. So this is going to be a special episode where we're going to be focusing on the NCAA men's basketball tournament, sort of preview the brackets and some of the matchups going into the tournament this weekend. Um, I know it's definitely one of the favorite times of year for a lot of a lot of fans of basketball and, and even you know a lot of people who have no idea what's going on in the world of men's college basketball just because of the brackets and the fun that comes with them. So... Uh, Bregan, I thought we'd just start tonight off by maybe just talking a little bit about um, some of the brackets and, and where we think, you know, the committee got it right and maybe some places where they didn't get it quite so right. So um, we'll just kind of open up the floor tonight. And do you have any thoughts on how the committee did this this year? Well, as a whole, I think that it was pretty much what was expected. Uh, a lot of that giving credit to the fact that most of the bracket is released before the actual selection Sunday countdown, whatever you want to call it, actually goes down. So it kind of takes away the element of surprise more and more every year. So it was really what we expected. There's some definite arguments throughout that you can make, but overall I say it wasn't terrible. Uh, a few th- ones that kind of stuck out to me. Main, number one, I want to say Wichita State. Uh, Wichita State is in the South region playing as a 10 seed. They're going up against 7 seed Dayton. I thought they definitely got snubbed there, and it's definitely showing a lack of respect for the Missouri Valley Conference and a solid team like Wichita State. I think that they probably deserve to be a 6 or a 7 seed they're a seven seed obviously it wouldn't change the matchup too drastically but that was definitely one that caught my eye and i thought deserved some more attention yeah i think one that definitely caught my eye overall i agree they did a lot of things right but i was sort of intrigued by minnesota given a five seed that sort of kind of blew me away, especially when you've got a team like Wisconsin who's stuck at eight. Um, that was sort of, I mean, Wisconsin really, I think, got got the end of the stick there. I mean, the, it just it seemed kind of odd that uh, Minnesota, a team who, one, did not go to the conference tournament final like Wisconsin did, two, really had a rough time against Wisconsin this year, would get placed so many seeds higher um, as a five, that that sort of surprised me, and I thought that was kind of backwards and a little bit screwed up. Um, I'm not really sure why that happened at all. Well, I think that they're starting to put a lot bigger emphasis on RPI and conference tournament over anything else, which obviously doesn't really make much sense for Wisconsin either way. But I think it was just because of Minnesota's RPI they had a 21 with a 38 RPI and it's my guess that that's probably where that came from not that I'm defending the case for it whatsoever but that's definitely the current trend as far as seeding goes year by year yeah um and and that makes sense and and I think you know your point 
putting that emphasis is is maybe a a good thing for this tournament going forward and i think the reason we're starting to see less and less um you know crying over seeding and that kind of stuff is because they're turning more to a measurable objective but you know in in this case it was just kind of weird because like you said you know they still do put some weight in the conference tournament and Wisconsin made it all the way to the final and Minnesota did not um so it just kind of was one of those things where it seemed kind of odd that Wisconsin would have you know a little bit of a better season beat Minnesota and Minnesota get to the final for Wisconsin the conference final and still not make a better seed than Minnesota that one seemed a little off um but you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is. But I think overall they did a very good job on this bracket this year. And I just do want to throw something else out there. Wisconsin beat Minnesota twice this season. And just by looking at the RPI versus BPI, uh, they're almost switched. Wisconsin has a 32 RPI with a 21 BPI. So it's definitely showing a much stronger uh, – uh, stance towards rpi as opposed to bpi yeah so i mean it's it's interesting it's kind of intriguing um i i would have loved to have been in that room when they were discussing that to kind of see what the whole mindset was you know kind of why they picked where they did yeah and it's really hard to really pinpoint i mean what is the selection committee it's just kind of a faceless brand nobody really knows uh who it is who's picking this what exactly is going on inside that room so it's just kind of hard to really uh argue with it i guess because there's no real one person that you can pinpoint to be like oh yeah that's that's put the blame on him you know it's exactly it's just very different from say the college football playoff right right yeah it's it's a completely different process and i mean so much of it is you know predetermined by conference tournaments too you know um that kind of you at least have an idea of who's going to be in it's not where you've got college football where it's sort of a um you know very vague how are they going to rank them who's going to get in and who's not kind of deal yeah and like i said before they release a lot of the locations and seedings before the actual selection show kicks off. And I don't know what's leaking through there, how the information is uh, spread amongst us, but it all definitely, it all checks out. So it's not just all speculation. It checks out. So I I don't really like the way that it is now. I'd much rather it just all be announced on you know seven o'clock election show on sunday night that's how it was supposed to be that's how it had always been just the last few years it's changed a lot and i do not like it yep yeah it, it really has begun to change and it's taken a little bit of a different shape and um you know some of that is leading to a better you know overall seating but um you know, it, it still definitely has some room for growth, um, some things that could be done a little bit better. Um, so it's just one of those things where you kind of got to just 
take it as it comes, I guess, and, and just sort of really look at it from the perspective of they're going to get some things right, some things wrong, but as long as they're getting more things right than wrong, you know, the system's working. You know, and not everybody's going to be happy. It's just impossible to do that. Yeah, I agree. So looking at this bracket, Bregan, do you see any potential upsets that uh, you'd be circling and saying you might want to take a look at this one? I'm really liking East Tennessee State to beat Florida in the South. Florida coming in out of the four seed. They finished 24-8, and 14-4 in the SEC. East Tennessee State got the automatic bid. They went 27-7, and they also went 14-4 and in their conference. They played close with Dayton on the road this year, ended up losing some ground in the end, lost by 14. And they also played Tennessee pretty close at home and ended up only losing by four. I think that they definitely have a legit shot and probably a better shot uh, at upsetting a four seed than any of the other 13s in the field. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a game where, um, you know, Florida obviously probably comes in as the hands down favorite. Um, obviously, having played better competition um, throughout the year, um, you know, more five top versus top 25 games. Um, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on. You always see. Um, I would say at least one, it seems like every single year where you have a 13 beating a four, that's not really uncommon. So I would agree with that one. Um, I think I would still pick Florida in that instance, but you know, you never know. It's definitely something where, where you pick Florida thinking Florida is going to come out and play well. And then the pressure just comes on and it just turns into a completely different ball game. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a very fast paced game. Uh, both teams, uh, boast very high-scoring offenses, and the Buccaneers are on a tear right now. They've won 13 of the last 15. They've got a very veteran squad right now, and they're great at forcing turnovers. So I see that being a, a nightmare for Florida this year. Definitely. Keeping it sort of in that same kind of mindset, um, one of the other teams I think that could potentially make a, a big push out of Tennessee would be uh, Mid-Tennessee over Minnesota. I think there's a couple things favoring Mid-Tennessee here in this game. One of them would be that Minnesota was probably ranked a little bit too high. And uh, the other thing would probably be that, you know, um, Middle Tennessee had a, a tough schedule um, or a tougher schedule than most non, you know, most um, conference. I'm sorry, I'm tripping over my words. Um, had a tougher schedule to prepare them for this than some of the other teams that maybe don't come out of a, a big conference. So I really liked Middle Tennessee in this. I thought that um, their game, how fast they play as well, um, how well they've done this year, just that camaraderie within their group could help them to be, become one of those teams that comes into the first round against a Minnesota who might be overranked and come out of there with a first-round victory. So... Yeah, I like I really like Middle Tennessee in this one. They've got a great defensive team. They beat Vanderbilt this season by 23 points. Uh, this is a Vandy team that swept the Florida Gators 3-0 in their season series. I mean, that's not that's nothing to sneeze at there. I think Middle Tennessee definitely has the high ground here, 
And even looking at the spread, it's even right now. And that is completely unheard of for a 5-12 matchup. I think it's going to be a great game regardless, but I definitely see Middle Tennessee coming out on top. Another game maybe you can give us your thoughts on, Bregan, would be um, New Mexico State and Baylor. Uh, 314, one of those that's you know even farther apart seating-wise. Um, do you like New Mexico State in this one? you think maybe they could pull off an upset over Baylor? You know, I've been going back and forth on that matchup all day. And Baylor, the last two years, I think both of the last two years, they've been a three seed, got upset by a 14. And as much as I really wanted to pick New Mexico State for the upset, I mean, they've made the tournament five of the last six years. They know what it's like to play there, but they still haven't won a game in the tournament. So I'm going to have to go with Baylor because of talent over anything else as much as I would like to take the Aggies here. Yeah, I think I'm going to go out on a limb and and go with um go with the upset here. Um Baylor's lost a couple years in a row. I don't see any reason why they end the streak here. So, um I'm picking New Mexico State in this one. This is probably one of my biggest upsets of the bracket. Um it really would be a bracket changer. And I think if if New Mexico State can get past Baylor in this game, I think they may even have a chance to make um, the Sweet 16. So uh, it's one of those things where it's definitely interesting to keep an eye on and and see what that game turns out. Now, the thing that would favor Baylor in this game would just be they've played a much tougher schedule. They're, you know, tried and tested um, where New Mexico State is not. So I think there are definitely quite a few things that can um, help Baylor. But again, Baylor is six and six in their last twelve, which sometimes just you know, just like NBA playoffs or baseball or NFL, it's the hot team going into the playoffs, the tournament time that really can sometimes ride that wave and and pull off an upset. So are there any other matchups that you're potentially looking at? Uh, I really like 11-seeded Rhode Island to take out Creighton. Rhode Island's definitely got the hot hit right now, whereas Creighton's just kind of, they kind of fell off at the end of the season. Uh, I don't believe they had any common matchups, which is something I actually, I lied. Uh, (laughs) Creighton beat Providence two out of three times this season, whereas Rhode Island dropped a game at Providence by three. Um, I don't think there's a whole lot of correlation, but I do like to test that out sometimes. Creighton's got a very high-scoring offense, whereas Rhode Island holds their opponents to under 65 points a game. Uh, I think Rhode Island is going to come out of the gate this one and beat them by double digits. So, Well, definitely interesting to keep an eye on some of those upsets. Uh, feel free to leave us some feedback on your upsets and why you're picking who you are and Um, your reasoning behind it because you know every single year we always see you know two three four five six games that go completely the way nobody expects them to and it just destroys brackets and it's always a painful time for those of us that have filled them out but um, it definitely is always interesting to see which teams provide the upset so Brigham now we're going to shift our focus just a little bit and I want you to give me, if you had to pick your final four, what four teams do you think are going to be in the final? Uh, 
out as of right now, and it's going to stay that way, I suppose. I've got Villanova, Arizona, Iowa State, and Kentucky advancing to the Final Four. Iowa State's going to take out Louisville in the Elite Eight. Um, Kentucky over UNC, Arizona over Notre Dame, and Villanova, Villanova over SMU. So those are my Final Four picks there. Uh, I've got Villanova and Kentucky advancing with Villanova advancing by a score of 79 to 74. Uh, I think Josh Hart and Chris Jenkins are going to get the job done this year. Back-to-back titles. I don't see anybody stopping them this year. For me, I've I've got similar but a little bit of a different road, I think. Um, out of the East, I've got Villanova. I think that's one that we're going to see a lot of people pick. Um, so potential upset if somebody happens to upstage Villanova, I think that'll wreck a lot of brackets. Um, Villanova over Duke. I, I really don't see anybody beating out Duke to get that far. Um, Arizona coming out of the West. Uh, Gonzaga as the one seed, they just always seem to fall flat in tournament time. So um, I actually have Arizona beating West Virginia to get into the Final Four. And then UNC coming out of the South. Um, I think this team has, has been tested. It'll be interesting to see if they can actually compete against some of the top-tier teams. They struggled against Duke this year a little bit. Um, always providing good games, but definitely struggled. And then I actually have Purdue coming out of my Midwest. Um, I think out of all the brackets, mid, the Midwest one could be the most interesting because there's a lot of teams who potentially could just get the right run, the right matchup, could be coming out of that bracket. So Villanova, Arizona, Purdue, UNC, but I think ultimately it'll come down to Villanova and UNC in the title game. And who do you have winning it? Um, I'm going to go with North Carolina. I've sort of grown up rooting for them. No reason to uh, go back now. He so. took the homer pick. Yep, pretty much. He took the homer pick. You're killing me. Uh, all right, who do you think is the maybe the most valuable sleeper pick this year? So maybe a a five seed or lower that could potentially make a run to the title game. Um, I'd have to pick. I'd have to pick Michigan out of the Midwest, and here's why. I think Michigan is coming came into the conference tournament way under the radar and then ran the table to win the Big Ten tournament. They're going well. They have that chemistry together. They are in probably, I think they have the easiest path to a potential Final Four um, appearance or at least an Elite Eight. Um, Do I think it's incredibly likely? Maybe not. But if I had to pick one team, five or less, I would probably go with Michigan to sort of be that sleeper that just got hot at the right time with their group of guys and and make make that serious push. Well, I'm going to go with SMU, actually. Uh, I currently have them making it all the way to the Elite Eight where they get knocked out by Villanova. But I think that they are definitely a team that could get hot at the right time. And when they're hot, there's no stopping them. Uh, They were one of the best teams in the country this year, led by uh, the (laughs) semi-forward. I've never been able to pronounce his last name. I call him the Uh, semi-Ogili, I think, I want to say. But anyway, 
I would definitely take the Mustangs if I'm going for a sleeper pick this year. Maybe Iowa State, because I had Iowa State making it to the Final Four. But I think SMU might be more of a sleeper, more of an upset if they make it that far. Yeah, definitely. Um, every year, I know I've said it a couple times, but every year there always seems to be somebody who just comes out of nowhere and wins a couple games, and then suddenly they're playing the second weekend when nobody expected them to be. So it'll be interesting definitely every single year it is, but for sure this year to kind of keep an eye on, on who's winning and who's going where. So Yeah, I'm sure there will be a 6, 7, 8 seed playing in the Final Four this year. Obviously neither of us are predicting it, but it's bound to happen because it happens every year. Uh, it's just a matter of who because this is going to be an incredibly talent-studded tournament very competitive it's going to be fun to watch no matter what happens yeah and it's it's a complete shot in the dark i mean you fill out these tournaments and and it's just you're doing your best to pick but there are so many different variables um you, you know you even miss one game and suddenly the matchup is different and now you know maybe where you would have picked one way if the matchup had been a certain one now you suddenly are leaning the other way i mean it's just it's so difficult, obviously, to pick these games because as you get farther on, Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final Four, the matchups can change drastically. Um, and, you know, you wish you could go back and, you know, repick. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a rebuttal to that if that's what you were. <laughs> Nothing nothing controversial coming out of your mouth. No, not too much. <laughs> God, we gotta we gotta find something that'll light a fire in you. Yeah. Not much today. <laughs> uh, I think we're both pretty tired. So if you wanna go ahead and bring up the ESPN bracket challenge and finish us off here. That's, that's, that's good. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Yeah, well, as many of you guys know, we're doing an ESPN tournament challenge for um, batting practice, this podcast that we do. So pretty much what you have to do is we're going to leave a bunch of links all over the place, but uh, join this group and you're going to submit your bracket. Um, go ahead and name it whatever you want. But what we're just asking you to do is to go ahead and follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Um, we've even allowed people to follow us on Twitter. Um, and I think even some people have subscribed to us on YouTube. But then what we're asking you to do is go ahead and leave a comment with your bracket name because this is going to help us to be able to match up um, whose bracket wins to uh, the correct person. And the reason you want to do that is because if you win first, second, or third place in this tournament challenge, you are going to win one of three prizes. If you win third place, it's going to be a $10 gift card. If you win second, it's going to be 15 and then first place is actually a $25 gift card. Plus, you're going to be able to come on with us during one of our podcasts. Maybe we'll recap the tournament, and uh, you'll have a chance, your moment of glory, um, to share kind of your mindset when you were making the picks and if you had a strategy or if it was just a complete guessing game. So go ahead and get those submitted. This obviously locks Thursday when that first game is played. Um, so you want to get those picks in probably today or tomorrow. 
um, because you're not going to have much time once Thursday rolls around. So just make sure that you're, you know, keeping an eye on that. Um, but go ahead and join. Follow us on one of our social media and then leave us a comment letting us know what your bracket name is so that we can get you your prize if you win. Yeah, we're always looking for feedback and uh, new followers, new listeners. So if you enjoy the podcast, make sure to leave us a like and uh, spread the word about because we definitely like hearing from you guys. You guys are all sweethearts. And with that, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Batting Practice. Leave us some feedback. Let us know what you thought. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone.